Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. How many of you do still have babies? Just raise a hand. How many have... How many are in the diaper stage still? Like, like not, not like nursing home diaper stage, the other side of that equation. Okay, all right, so a few of you. Um, I remember this, when Heather and I started the church, uh, we started the church about 10 years ago, and we started going from church to church, just seeing what we liked, what we didn't like, you know, what did we like about certain aspects, and we went to this one church, and I'll never forget this, Silas, who's now nine years old, my youngest, he was, he was like eight months old, and we went to this church, and nowadays you have a lot of churches that meet, not in buildings, but they'll meet in elementary schools like we did for a while, or they'll meet in movie theaters, or they'll meet in a lot of different locations, and, and we got got to this church and it was meeting in a movie theater location. And so we were like, just, we were excited. we had never been in a movie theater church before. And so we, we check in our kids and it was, it was at a one locally and there was like a lounge right off uh, the front door. And so we checked in Silas in the nursery. We took the rest of the kids with us, went into church and uh, you know, church was fine. It was great. You know, I thought it went really well. And then on the way out, we went to get Silas. Now, when we dropped him off, he had every, every mother knows and every young father knows that there's two bags young, young mothers carry. They carry a purse and a... And so we dropped off the diaper bag. And, and what we did is Heather was really good at keeping that diaper bag stocked, okay? That's why the wives do it, all right? Because I just, I'll forget stuff. And, and so she's, she drops that off. We go to pick up Silas afterwards. And if you've ever seen Ghostbusters, the State Puff Marshmallow Man... Silas was eight months and his, his stomach was sticking out when we picked him up from the nursery. He looked like this. He could barely walk and move. He was sweating. And I'm like, what the stink did you do to my kid? Like I was mad. And so we get Silas and, and Heather was like, what is going on? And so we finally asked him like, was everything okay? Now, when we dropped off our kid at the nursery, he was, you know, usually like, woohoo, I'm ready to go. And I guess he was having issues, which he never had. And so the lady comes out and tells us this, no joke. She goes, yeah, we couldn't get your kid to keep, keep quiet. And your diaper bag was so well stocked. We went through every single item of food in there and fed it to him to keep him quiet. That church is no longer in existence. Um, we never wanted to go back. Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, I got fat from Silas eating too much that day at church, okay? Like, it was bad. I'm there. Do you remember that, Silas? No, he doesn't. All right, good, good. You've, he's like the one percentile in weight now, you know, out of like 100, you know, so it, it didn't affect him too much. But I believe every church needs to be a church where anybody's welcome, Okay. And uh, which is why I'm really pumped about this series, because this series, literally you asked for are things you have asked for. These are questions you have had. I've had like 30 to 50 different responses of things that you would like to see taught on things. You're going, Hey, I have questions about this. And, and here's the deal. I'm not going to be able to address all of them. And so what I tried to do is look at them and go, what are some of the themes that you're saying? We put this on community pages in St. Francis and said, what is it that people are going, this is why I'm not a part of a church. This is why I don't believe in God. What are the questions that people are wrestling with? And this is why I'm so 
pumped. And I believe if you're here, you're a Christ follower, you're going to gain something out of this too because maybe it'll give you the answers and the things you need to be able to have that conversation with the person that's been asking you those questions or afraid to ask those questions where now you can have this. And so uh, what's interesting is I posted this on Facebook and how many know you just get in trouble as soon as you post something on Facebook? And so I post on there and I said, hey, sky's the limit. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you posted on there. And I said, any question you want, we're doing this series, what, what do you have about church, about God? And, and some of the you know, questions were, were out there. Some of them were, I thought, man, that's really good. That's a hard one. I'm going to have to study a lot to look at that. And, and then there was, and I'm just going to take a side moment from the message this morning. There were some super Christians. Anybody know who super Christians are? Some of you are like, I'm uncomfortable right now about this, right now. These are the people that like to tell you how it is right away. And, and it's not done in truth and grace. It's done in just truth and like shoving it. And that's just not who we are. And so uh, I, I decided, well, how do I, how do I fight my battles? And uh, how do I allow God to do that for me? And so I went on there and I posted a follow-up comment. And, and I posted the comment with my phone. And if you have an iPhone, they're great, except Siri cannot interpret my language half the time. And I wrote, I said, I said, hey, these are very thought-provoking questions. Hey, let's be careful on how it responds to something like that. And, and Siri changed it, and I didn't realize she changed it, and I posted it. And I looked at it a week la- later, and what it said was not these are thought-provoking, but these are thought-provoking provoking. And I thought, that is really good interpretation. We're not here to fight. We're here to look to the word of God. We're here to look to the Bible and go, what does this say about us? What is God trying to speak to us? And so here's the first question that I want to uh, answer. And I want to do it poised with love. And if it's not poised in love in answer to these questions that we're doing, then I want you to know that it does not represent the bridge. Can I hear a good amen this morning, somebody? Come on. This is what it's about. Now, we're never, ever, ever, hear me out, I will never water down the gospel. But the gospel is the most loving thing that has ever been presented and given to us for us. Okay? And that was Jesus on the cross. It's that simple. So here's the, here's the first question. And I love this question. Who created God? Come on, if you have kids, you've heard questions like this. I hear them every day, okay? Every day. Who created God? I love this question. It's such a great question. And, and you might say, well, this doesn't matter in my faith walk. I give you my word. By the end of this message, it's going to matter. And so stay with me, even if you're going, well, I know God created himself. That's just the way it is. Well, how do you know that? How can, how do you, why do you know what you believe is true? How do we know that? What, what if there was a way to actually logically think about it biblically, let science even prove it to us, and let's move on with this argument of going, well, something must have created God. He must have came from somewhere. Here's my goal, is to answer this question among the ones the next few weeks in a biblical worldview. In other words, this means this. I believe, and I'm not shoving my belief on any of you, but I believe the Bible is the complete source of truth, okay? However... If you do not believe this, if you don't believe this, no matter what I say to you, the next few weeks won't matter at all, okay? And so in answering today's question, not only do I want to look at this from a biblical worldview, but I also want to look at this logically for those of you that are skeptics like me. I hated going to church. I didn't go to church till I was 17. And the only way I go to church today is because God forces me because he made me a pastor. No, I'm kidding. I, I love going now. 
But I want church to be fun and excited. I don't want to be boring. Okay? I want us to learn from God. Let's learn what he's saying. Let's have a time of worship. Let's have a time of connecting. But all the fluff, I don't care about it. Okay? I'm sorry. I just don't. I just care about Jesus. That's it. So we're going to start with the Bible this morning. All right? If that's all right with you, say, yeah. Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this. All scripture. How much? All. No, just a little. No, All. All scriptures, God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in all righteousness. Time out, big church word, righteousness. Just means standing right with God. That's it. So biblically, right here, I want to look at the fact that God did not come from anywhere. And we're going to look in this. We're going to look at this. No one created him. He was there. There, There's no beginning. There was no ending He's eternal, completely self-existing. He doesn't rely on you. He doesn't rely on me. He relies on nothing and he exists. That's awesome. And so let me just give you a few points this morning. First is this, God is eternal. God's eternal, okay? He's always been. And this is so hard. This, This first one is so hard to grasp our minds around because the only way for you and I to have eternal life is through reliance, where God has it without reliance. So you and I, the only way we get eternal life is by saying, Jesus, I've messed up. Maybe it's just me. Maybe you have to. Forgive me. I've messed up. I've done things. Lord, I accept you. Let me live for you. Then we receive eternal life, where God already has it. Okay? He's been before that and after it. Let me just show you a few scriptures this morning. We'll unpack this as we go. It says in Isaiah, the Old Testament, this prophecy... Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Okay, so there's a problem in this verse. There's a huge problem. Like, part of this, last part of this verse, I don't even like. As a, as a student of the Bible, it says right here, his understanding no one can fathom, then why do we try? Why do, we, why do we try to answer questions like, who created God? Why do, we, why do we try to answer all these questions when it says, no one can fathom him? Well, we're, we, we're called to seek him. We're called to get to know him. We're called to spend time with him. We're called to go, God, where are you in my life? I'm seeking for you. I'm searching for you. And he'll show up if that's your prayer. Now, for those of you that have gone, I've been there, I've done that, I'm done with it. This is for you today. Because I've been there before. I think sometimes it's this difference between are we going, God, I want to know you or are we going, God, I want, I want you to, to fit into my box and, and he's not going to. I'm going to tell you that right now. It doesn't, work, it doesn't work that way, you know? Have you ever made the deal with God? You ever had that prayer? You know, God, if, if this happens, I'll, I'll do this. I promise, Lord, if this happens and, and sometimes it even happens and we fail on our promises. Maybe it's just me. But I think sometimes even studying God, we can become arrogant if we think we can know him fully. But here's my challenge is the fact that we get to know a part of him. We won't know him complete, but we get to know a part of him. The next verse here is in the New Testament says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. How many of us are immortal? (laughs) How many of us are invisible? How many of us are the only God? You see, I didn't grow up in church, but my theology was, or my study of God was, there's a God and I'm not it. That was simple. Lacking a few truths to that. One more scripture here I want to give you. It's Psalm chapter 90, verse 2. It says, before the mountains were born, 
I love that. Before the mountains were born. Or you brought forth the whole world from what? Say it with me. From lasting to everlasting, you are God. Well, what is everlasting to ever? It's, it's any kind of existence, whatever. Whatsoever, any kind of existence. The beginning of existence, the end of existence, the beginning of time, the end of time, how we look at time. It's above and beyond that. It's bigger than that. If you're with me, say yeah. We're going deep this morning. If you're with me, say yeah. Yeah? Second, God is self-existing. God is self-existing. He, he is who he is. In fact, that's what he says in the Exodus right here. He says, I am. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Another way to say this, and it happens in our Old Testament a lot of times, is he was called Yahweh or Jehovah. This is his, one of his Hebrew names for God, and it's actually the most sacred name for God is, is Yahweh or Jehovah. It's the same name. And it's actually mentioned in the Old Testament, so before Jesus comes on the scene physically, 6,800 times in the Old Testament. Why, why does that matter? Because it means to be, or it means the eternal one, or it means the self-existing one. The one that is self-existing, self-nurturing, doesn't need a parent to take care of him because he can take care of himself. It's so out of our mindset. It's such, it's such a unique question because it's hard for us to comprehend how something could be that always was. Is that, that's hard for me to comprehend. Is that hard for any of us to comprehend? Yeah. And so how do we wrap our minds around that? And why does it matter? And we'll get there this morning. Nobody made him. He always was. So what about, what about Jesus? What about Jesus? And let me say this. Is, is it the same for Jesus? Well, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe Jesus is God, you know, incarnate. And look at this right here in Hebrews chapter 13, amongst many scriptures we could have shared. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He doesn't change. Only God cannot change. Okay? He, he doesn't change. Here's the last one, and this is where I want to camp out the remainder of our time. Third, God is logical. Let me explain. And, and I have some scripture I want to share uh, in just a moment, but let me, let me share this for those of you that are like, that's great, that's what the Bible says. Well, what do we do with that? What if you don't believe the Bible? And, and I pray that God would get a hold of your heart to see the truth in the Bible, to be able to share the truth in the testimony that you live. And so right now, for any of you that are a skeptic, a doubter, you've lost hope, please, I desperately ask that you listen because your eternity is at stake. My wife and I have given our lives to plant this church, to lead this church so that we depopulate hell and take as many people as possible with us to eternal life. That's why we do what we do. Okay, that's what it's about. We want you on that train with us. And if you ain't on there yet, there's a free ticket today. All right, you awake this morning? Come on, somebody. I was listening to T.D. Jakes this morning, so you're all in trouble. There we go. We can all agree that the universe was created sometime by something. Had to have been. Okay, had to have been. You might be like, well, I, I, I believe in that evolution thing, or I believe in, you know, well, God did it, or, or all, all of this. Let's, let's just kind of put that to rest, okay? Because I honestly, I think it's kind of a dumb argument. Um, and, and let me show you. Because those of you that believe in the evolution thing, you have way more faith than I do. Way more. Like, I, I don't even, I can't even get there. I can't even comprehend it. I don't believe in accidents. I, I just don't. And so let me show you why I believe what I believe. So here we go. We're going we're gonna to philosophize for just a moment. I never get to do this. And I'm excited. If there was 
ever a time, ever, where nothing, nothing at all existed, okay, we're going a little scientific, nothing existed, then there would be nothing today. You can't take nothing and have something from nothing. It's a truth that if nothing exists, then nothing will be the case, always. For nothing simply remains nothing forever. Nothing. I'm married to a math teacher who teaches high school math and finishing her master's right now. Listen to me, okay? Nothing plus nothing equals nothing. Atheists disagree with that. They have more faith than I have. And I'm obviously better at math. Sorry, it's just true. Therefore... Something has always existed. It's always been. Since it's the case that something does now exist, simple logic concludes that something has had to always exist. So the real question then is this. If nothing can produce something, and yet something always exists, then it follows necessarily that something has always existed. So what is the something? That's the real question. That's the big question. It's been, what, what is it that's been in existence since the beginning of time? Most of us would agree, and most people that are watching online or listening on iTunes right now, most people would agree that it was either God, the creator of the universe, or it was some like pool of amino acid crapper junk that got together and pulled proteins together and pooled together some weird looking freaky ooze and you came out of that. You have so much faith. Like... It's a miracle. I, it's just, wow. I mean, it's a testimony to believe that much. So the real question is, what is the something? Is it, is it that or is it, whoa, was it this real God that actually gives a crap about you? He loves you. He goes, I'm going to send my son because I'm giving it all for you. Is, is that true or am I living my life in vain? Because this is what I've given my life for. Some of you have given your life to follow Jesus and what you do as well. Well, there's no proof of amino acids changing and, in, and evolving. We don't have that proof, okay? For example, let me give you an example. If I go up and I draw a straight line, okay? If I, if I go up here and I draw a straight line, and, and we all pass away eventually, but like a thousand years from now, you come up and you look at my straight line, just because time has evolved, time has changed, maybe technology has evolved, and there's nothing wrong with certain aspects of evolution, but you can't change the rules, See, that's, that's where we get in trouble because a straight line will always remain a straight line. I can't, I can't change that. Okay, you, it'd be a cool fossil, you know, on this gypsum board, you know, a thousand years from now. Who knows what will happen? No one can take, and here's where it gets real for us. No one can take the experience of God away from someone. Okay? You have to encounter God in his presence. If you don't encounter God, you're going to miss it. If you're looking at the scientific proof and you're, you're all up here and not here, that's, that's the distance between hell and heaven. It's 18 inches. This is not a head knowledge. It's a heart belief. And it's not blind faith. Test science with it. Look at it all. Look at that's all that's out there to believe. Where's the hope at? The hope is in Jesus Christ, our Savior, alone. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. God had no origin. None. No origin at all. 
Okay? He's the everlasting I am. No one made him. He simply is. So why does this matter? Let me, let me go back to that first scripture we looked at in 2 Timothy chapter 3. The first part of it said all scriptures got breathed useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, righteousness. But look at this last part right here. This is it. So that, so that, we don't stop at the knowledge. When we stop at knowledge, it's only knowledge. When we take the knowledge, we use it for God's good. It becomes wisdom. So here's the wisdom. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped, that's you, not just pastors, to do every good work. Do you know that God has already prepped the work for Ellis and for Walter ahead of their time? He's already gone. Here's the good works that I have for you to do. If you are sucking wind, God has not stopped doing good works through you. There's already more for you to do. So get off your high horse, accept him, humble yourself, know him so that you can live out the purpose that God has put in you or you're going to miss the boat. And I don't want to miss the boat with you. Get on that train with me. Is anybody alive this morning? That was weak. That's better. Now I feel like we're in the south. All right. Let me give you some final thoughts as we close. The music's up here to shut me up. So three thoughts. Your life will not change until you change your life. Okay? What do I mean by that? There's, all, there's things in our lives that we're always choosing to change. The moment we choose not to change something, we choose to leave it the same. So you have a choice to make. It says right here in Corinthians, the apostle Paul wrote this. He said, therefore, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. When we experience God, our life changes. When we experience the truth, you know, yeah, God always has been. Did any, who created God? No one did. What does it matter? It matters so that we live out our life because of that truth. We don't just stop with the truth. We give our lives to it. Second, your life changed will never be the same once you learn to experience God. You have to learn to experience him. You have to. Man, if you want to change life, you've got to figure this out. And this is where I get to walk alongside. This is where people in the church walk alongside. This is where parents walk, walk alongside their children to do this. It says in Corinthians, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Now, if I say to you, you give your life to Christ, everything's glorious and great, I'd be lying to you. But this is why. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He's unseen. We're finite. He's infinite, which brings me up to the last point. The finite you desires the infinite while the infinite desires the finite. You see, he desires you more than we could possibly ever desire him. That's the God in whom we love. That's the God when we reply to Christians on Facebook that we need to think about. That's the God in whom when we invite somebody to church, we need to think about. This is the God who loves you. God, I want you to catch this right now, okay? Just, just if, if you've tuned out, come back with me just for a moment. We're closing just a second. God looked around. God created the mountains. He created, he created the heavens. He created the earth. He created the mountains. He created, you know, Pike's Peak. He created, I mean, oh my gosh, he created Lake Superior. He created all of this stuff. He created the oceans. I just, everything. And then he started creating mankind. You know, he created your cousin, your dad, your mom, your, your uncle, your aunt, your this, your that. And, and this is what just blows my mind. Don't nudge the person next to you because this is for you. God looked around and he went, huh, they, they aren't here yet. We need to create them. And so God 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, created you. He created you. Why? So that you could experience him. Not only did he die for just you, he created just you to die for. That is the God in whom we get to serve. So here's my call to action for every single person here. Number one, if you're going, I'm new to this whole church thing. What do I do? What's my next step? Here's your next step. We have a a phone number. It's on the program. You can grab it. What we want to invite you to do is if this is your time to say yes to Jesus and say, you know what, God, I need to make it right with you. And today's the day you know God's been speaking to you because I know he has. Then just text yes to that number. If you want to text your name, we have some follow-up information we can give you. But we just want to know those who say yes to him. You can text the church number. It's on the program. But pray, ask him to forgive you, meet you where he's at. He'll do that. The second is this. For everyone here, we are called to experience God. My challenge to you would be to learn how to do that this week. That looks different. Don't, don't make it a cake, cookie cake cutter thing. Because some of you, you like to pray for hours on end. Some of you, you just like to pray in the morning. Some of you love to put on worship music and just get lost in worship. You know, Becca, our worship leader is awesome. She, I sometimes see where she just plays worship music and puts it on Facebook. That's how she encounters God. You know, for me, it's reading the word and digging into deep theology. I love that. For you, maybe it's talking to a pastor or talking to another leader. But my encouragement to you this week is take that next step of going, I'm going to encounter God in a way that I haven't in a long time this week. Because God's waiting to encounter you. God, I thank you for every person here this morning. I just pray blessing on them. Lord, I thank you for the babies that we got to dedicate this morning. I thank you for their honorable parents, Lord, that have invested into you, experienced you, and want that for their children. I pray for those this morning, Lord, that I believe are going to say yes to you for a first time, or maybe they're recommitting their lives to you. No one is here by accident today. And God, secondly, I pray that we would encounter you this week to come. Maybe it's turning on KTIS or worship music. Maybe it's, it's opening our word or reading a Christian book or talking to a Christian friend. Would you just bring those things our way so that we could be encouraged through our week to come? God, have your way. We thank you for life. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Lord, no one gets to receive eternal life without him. And we're grateful that you loved us enough to do that. Thank you for creating us, God. May we honor you with our lives. We give you today, we give you this week to come, and we just ask, may we be encouraged to live on uh, in this week. Lord, whether we're at work or whether we're with our friends or, uh, Lord, I know it's summertime, whether we're at a cabin. God, would you just bless our time together? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, come on. Can we give God some praise this morning? Come on. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.